0: Welcome to the Sea Beyond show on innovation, technology and entrepreneurship, hosted and brought to you from Oslo by Mika Tienhara. Whether you're uh, in bed or at an airport, traveling, doing sports, or just relaxing out in the nature or whatever, I hope you enjoy listening to a podcast uh, together with Enrico Piscaro today. Welcome, Enrico.
1: Well, thank you very much. Uh, uh, You know, wherever you are, I'm really glad that I am here and I'm Mm -hmm. hoping that uh, we're going to have a good and interesting conversation.
0: I hope so too. And I'm pretty certain about that. So what are we going to touch upon today? Actually, um, you've had a successful career um, in industry and going from a manager, becoming a leader and you've. You've also published your first uh, book, Resonance. Yes, as such. Absolutely. So, um, but for, for, to enlighten our listeners here and uh, myself also, Enrico, would, would you would you be able to share a few things about your career and who you
1: are as such? So uh, I I am Italian first and foremost, uh, and I say this because my career is. That uh, brought me to many different places uh, in in the world, and uh, when you go to a new place, everybody asks you where you're from and that's why I said that I'm Italian first and foremost um, i since I was a child, I wanted to travel. that was my dream and so I worked uh, to make that possible and I was very fortunate that in my career I went from Italy to Israel, Saudi Arabia, Asia, Latin America, Eastern Europe. So I, I travel quite a bit. And that I think that's what defines me. And if if people would ask me, you know, describe your career in very few words, I would say, well, my career was pretty boring. You know, just very similar to many other people. You know, you start and you, I started working in, a, in the desert, in the Sahara Desert as a mud logger on a rig site. And then you slowly, you know, you you do your job, you do a good job, and somebody notices you and you move to the next position and so on and so forth. Um, And so in the last uh, 19 years, uh, I crisscrossed the world, um, as I like to say, and now I'm in Canada, British Columbia, where my job is actually to help other companies develop their leaders. Great. Yeah. Um,
0: Well, I think you you say it's a boring career, but I think you kind of got into, let's say uh, you've had to travel the world. You've met a lot of people, done different things. And typically, I mean, I I was reflecting now because when we meet new people, we ask, where are you from? You know, we, we look backwards, but maybe that's the platform because the vector, of course, have to look at where are you heading? And you kind of said that already, Enrico, that you want to help other people um, and to to uh, let's say uh, make the best out of themselves. So um, and and uh, what, what, what's what's your, what's your passion? What's driving you to kind of uh, go in that direction?
1: Ah, uh, you know, I would I, w- I would say that uh, it's what it's what makes sense to me. It's what makes me happy. I don't know. It's, it's natural. You know, I yeah. I really do not. Uh, I, I, every When I was working, I was working corporate, you know, Fortune 500. So, of course, stock exchange very important. The numbers are very important. The profit is very important. But that was not giving me satisfaction. The satisfaction was to see the people in the team happy when we were making the numbers. Right. Yeah. Um and uh I, I know for a fact and, and that's very good as well. You know, there's nothing wrong to be happy to be uh happy to be <laughs> happy to see uh good number and making money for your employer, but that was never my driver. My driver was say, you know, the, the smile on the face when people win. Yeah. As as I said before, everybody likes to be successful. And no matter how you define success, uh, when you help people uh, achieving their goal, they're happy, and you know there's there's a smile, and the atmosphere is is relaxed, uh, and everybody help each other. That that's really what what drives me, you know, and probably because um, I, I I would think that you know my my one thing that definitely impact in my life was my my work uh with the boy scouts right that oh. yeah, so that meant well a lot of people know this organization if people if the listener don't know it it's basically you know, you you meet with a group of kids and you have some fun Every weekend or you go camping during the summer, you know, it's and I know in northern Europe it's uh, going camping and doing outdoors is is big, right? I work with a lot of Norwegian and they always tell you a story about uh, the outdoor and uh, it's great fun. So I was in that organization for many, many years. And, you know, I started as a kid uh, and I was thinking, you know, there are these uh, teenagers and adults there. Decided to, you know, spend two weeks of their summer instead of with their family. They decided to spend with me and a bunch of kids, you know. And I start, you know, and I had great fun. As I said, outdoor camping games, they were organized and you cook on the fire, this kind of stuff. And I, and I started thinking, well, you know, they are here for me. They're giving something to me without getting paid, without any reward. You know, they're serving me. Yeah. So... I learned at a very young age the importance of serving, uh, the importance of service, and I think I carry that across my 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 career and you know who I am. It's you need to put yourself at service to others, um, and that's what drives me.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's great. I mean, I'm I I was a Boy Scout in my early ages actually, so uh, I know that uh, We had a lot of fun and those teenagers or young adults being our let's say uh, mentors also and all these camps i mean it's great fun we learned a lot learned a lot there but, but i'm glad you
1: know, uh, i'm i'm glad this resonates with you uh, <laughs> as, yes. as uh, you know my book says uh, i i also talk about this in in the book uh, because i as i said it had such an impact in in my life you know leadership is service in the end yes yes and I think, of
0: course, I you point on something really crucial here and, and central. I think that, of course, like you say, oh, corporates and companies, you need to uh, meet or beat the numbers. And it's every quarter, blah, blah, go uh, on. And you look just at numbers. But who generates those numbers? It comes from people. So if we can make them smile, I mean, I mean we work with competent people around us or uh, give them the skills, to to get to that next level, and I bet if you put that effort behind that as a leader, those you will outperform your numbers. As oh, such,
1: I, yeah, that's the thing. It, this has always been my my thing, right? Is that I think sometimes people, and not just in the corporate world, you know, you 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 focus too much on the goal, right? Yeah, and you're always looking at the scoreboard. Uh, what's the score now? What's the score now? What's what's the number? And again, it's not just a corporate war. It's, it's just the way that we are hardwired. But if for a second you, know, you stop looking at the number and you focus on the people that actually need to produce the number, then my experience has been that I never had to look at the score anymore besides the last day of the month because i know that the score will take care of itself if the people that play the game um, are smiling at the end of the day when yeah. when, yeah, when yeah. people are and, and and you know every business or I, I should say i cannot think about a business that does not have a customer right? mm-hmm. yeah and so whenever you deal with other human beings uh, or even, you know, like there's a lot of people, maybe your business deal e- even with with uh, animals, right? Uh, I never see... Uh, every, the, the more you're happy, the more you smile, the more other people will report better to you. So if your business is, as, as all the businesses that you have to deal with humans, well, you know, start with a smile. And you cannot start with a smile if you're not motivated, if you're not, happy in what you're doing
0: yeah i fully agree and you know i've been uh, in corporates i've been in startups scale-ups and of course i I always tell my people Um, and also think about about it myself you have to have fun it's so much hard work and it never goes away and of course uh, don't micromanage Uh, give give your people the freedom to perform but you have to kind of be part of support them and, and give them the services, because when it's fun, oh, you know, you, you get to a much different level in terms of performance and, and the capabilities in the whole whole team, the whole company. And uh, oh, absolutely. of course, it doesn't mean that, oh, of course, when you disrupt something and you're building something new, innovative, it's it's like. Yeah, you do a lot of mistakes too, but correct them, be agile and, and see how you can um, get to the next level. And of course, it's not about who made the mistake. It's more like, why did we make the mistake? Okay, how how do we correct that? And suddenly the, you, you build up a trust base and people are so much more motivated, they share more and they have a smile there. It doesn't mean that uh, it's not a lot of hard work. It is definitely, you know, Hard work, long hours, but also like weekends, you should honor and and do other things. Take your vacations absolutely. because you need a balance too. <laughs> yeah,
1: no, absolutely. Yeah. And and you know, I think the best compliment that I got, absolutely, I, this is something I remember. You know, it was a difficult uh, quarter. Um, so my my controller. You know we were having this conversation, and you, you you could see the stress level, right you could see uh you know we're not gonna make the number this 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 quarter and you know what's gonna happen and this and that um and i I don't remember crack the joke and start laughing right? and uh, so this is the preamble then we eventually that quarter we made the number despite everybody you know. And uh, after this, he came to me and said, you know, Enrico, I don't know, but you can make us laugh even when the situation seems desperate. Mm -hmm. And and I think you can do this as a leader only if you are accountable without boundaries, I like to say, right? Your accountability needs to be to the extreme, to the point where very often, my wife was telling me, "Why do you take the blame for this? You, you have nothing to do with this." Well I said, I, "I take the blame for this because unless I am accountable, you know, the team will will not feel protected. Yeah. Right? The team yes. will not have the safety to say, "Hey, I'm going to risk it all." because as you said, you know start you, you do make a mistake, there's no doubt. People are comfortable making mistake when they know that the consequences of that mistake is not the reproach from the team leader, is not a slap on the wrist, is not losing their right. job, is not that. And that's where people say, okay, you know, I'm safe. Let's try this. Yeah. And, and of course, um, I think also accountability without boundaries come from the fact that. In a way, I, I I never put myself any boundaries, right? Geographically and also mentally. Um, I think that the worst uh, barrier the barrier the worst barrier that people have is inside their head. And if you can remove that by saying, Hey, whatever happens, you don't have to worry. I'm I'm a leader, I have big responsibility, so I'm gonna take the pressure out of you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I, you know, when I was a young uh, engineer, I, I kind of stumbled into business very early on in my career. And uh, but I've always been working with innovation. And I thought early on, of course, ah, oh, it's all about technology and you know gadgets. But it's so much like what what you emphasize here, the people. You have to change mindsets. So it's so much psychology et cetera and i, I think when, when you mention this with let's say oh bring the happiness the fun out to, in, the smiling people I think there is more behind this I, I need to get a psychologist on on the podcast to to discuss this why why is it that i mean it it must release some some you know um uh good chemicals in in your body and and um Make you perform better, but I'm I'm going to explore that separately. I'm I'm sure there's more about this, but um, oh. uh, so so we we are very much on 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 aligned on these these things. So um, tell me now, Enrico. I mean, you have launched a book, <clears throat> Resonance, oh, yes. and how did you get to that? And 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 um, wh- wh- yeah, how, how did you create this? I mean, because you you uh, you haven't force within you i'm sure about this yeah
1: so so i think it it goes back to to, to two things one uh giving back i i you know my book will not change the world will not uh you know will not uh, make me a rich man but if let's say 10 people read the book and and say, oh, you know, maybe I'm not doing this uh, uh, in the right way. Maybe this story can help me change my behavior because I see that that would be better. Then I'll be happy. Then I'll be happy that I spend the time to, to write the book. The other thing is a more selfish reason, right? Mm-hmm. I think that uh, everybody who writes a book or you went to a concert, played music, make art, wants to leave something behind. And I think that in leadership, legacy has always been extremely important. And I've always told my 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 leaders, you know, my supervisors, look, you should judge me when I leave my job, not when I'm doing my job, because if if I'm doing my job well and when I leave things, not improve even further, then I've not done my job. I've not created a culture that is really conductive to continuous improvement. And uh, so the book from a selfish point of view is, you know, I'm going to leave something behind to my daughter, to to my family, and um, I'm, I'm it's the little legacy that I will leave, you know? Yeah, yeah.
0: But I mean, of course, you you when you say you give something back, but it, it's it's coming from you. And you you can, uh, any listener, you can go to resonancestories.com and, and uh, you, you can find uh, Enrico's book. But also when, I mean, I haven't read this one, but of course you as a person uh, really interest me and intrigue me. And also when I read a little bit about, what you are uh, writing there. I mean, if you allow me, I'm, I'm just gonna read here from one of the reviews that, and uh, hopefully my broken voice today can't carry, carry through, or bear, bear uh, sorry, <laughs> I apologize. I was screaming too much at a um, uh, concert this weekend, but, um, and that's my part of my passion, music. But, um, so resonance. Uh, is a -a one-of-a-kind leadership tutorial that reminds us storytelling is critical to all aspects of life, whether you are presenting in the boardroom or having a one-on-one with a colleague. Storytelling has transcended as a main pillar of connecting with others on multiple dimensions, inside and outside the workforce. True leaders collaborate with their teams not only communicating their cultures, beliefs, and values, but also genuinely putting them into practice. I I, I just think that's wow, so powerful Enrico. Everyone should yeah. read it. So I mean the, if you haven't got ten people reading this now, we should get many thousand. <laughs> I I hope I, so I, because <laughs>
1: I, I hope so too and and, and the book really is it's a, it's a short book, you know, it's, uh, it took me a lot of effort. I had some help, um, but basically there are 30, 31 chapters and each chapter is two, three pages long. Um, each chapter starts with a little story. That's why storytelling, it's in the review, right? And then from that little story, there's a what I learned about leadership. Right. Yeah. So it's uh, it's center about stories. And, you know, I think storytelling is what makes us different from any other species in the world. You know, I think uh, from the moment people start drawing hunting, hunting um, picture in caves. Right. That was. The first story that we told each other, and we taught each other how to hunt, most likely, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I can see a kid looking at those initial graffiti on caves and being taught how to do something from her father and mother, you know. And that has always resonated in a way with me. I when I was a kid, I remember, you know, my dad was you spoke about work-life balance. My dad uh I was working my mom was working too but she was a teacher so she was at home early in the afternoon my dad never made uh, he was never late back from work you know very very uh, very good and i remember coming back from work he was reading books to me pinocchio is the book that i remember most right um my, my, so pinocchio you know of course you're honest your your integrity you know you, should not lie. You should be true to your word. So yeah. you know when when you start with this, and then my mom, my mom was uh, reading to me the Odyssey, story of uh, Ulysses, you know, and his his journey from winning the world back home and all these trouble he had because he he displeased the god, of course, and um, and so you know with these two stories, of course. I always had to tell the truth. I, I could not lie. And and I wanted to have a, an adventure like Ulysses', right? And uh I think I think uh, you know I, I certainly will not say that I'm a saint and and I have without sin, but uh, I, I can tell for sure that I had my adventures. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've not I've not met any any giant with one eye. I, I have battled some demons and, uh, and, and so back to storytelling, you know, I am who I am because of the story that I was told in a way. Yeah. And, um, and so your business, your people, if you're a leader and you, to me, the best way to lead, which is convince people to do something right through communication um uh, the best way to do it is by telling a story. Our our brain is is you know uh maybe you can ask your Nest Guest psychologist, but for me our brain is hardwired to respond well to story.
0: Right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, and and that's why when you lead you need to be a good storyteller and think about leaders that very few people do not admire you know steve jobs he you know it was legendary the way he presented his product and tell the story about his product um uh, you know martin luther king with his famous speech that's also a story yeah. right and so I, I i it's very easy for me to relate to storytelling uh, because there are uh, you know there are techniques that i'm not very good, but you know, every story if you think the story that resonates with people today, uh you know, stories that are super successful since the dawn of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know, the Lord of the Ring or Star Wars, uh, the Marvel universe, you know, these story that uh, go forever. In the end, there's always a villain to conquer, right? A, yeah, yeah, yeah. a, a mountain to climb and there's a hero, there's a villain, and those are the stories that uh, really resonate with people. And so if you are in a boardroom or you're trying to convince someone, uh, when you tell, you know, you're, you are the hero. And yeah, now you're struggling, but, you know, if you do this, then things will get better. And then everybody wants to be the hero. Yeah. And so- in fact, I think. Oh, yeah sorry.
0: please go on, please go on, please go on.
1: Yeah. no no and, and and if i think i i like to say you know uh, when you when you lead you need to be a hero to your team right yeah
0: oh yes so they have resonance There we have the 31 chapters that the uh odyssey's in in leadership your stories so uh that's that's great exactly. and you know I know how much work that is because I I have written, I was in an anthology, business anthology, Habits of Success, and, and uh, wow. also about storytelling. That um, uh, I had a chapter there. We were 35 leaders, CEOs, and uh, my story was Dare to Win, From Fast Failures to Scalable Successes. And there you go. in a sense, giving back. And the and story about, let's say, failures, and then evolving from that uh, ugly duckling to a, to a swan, kind of thing. Exactly. So, uh, yeah. Yes. So, uh, and you put that work into 31 chapters. I mean, that that is impressive. Um, because the whole creating something, and and I think I've I've been working with creating something all my life, more or less. But uh, the whole mode there. I mean, what are those stories, etc. I'm. Um, I'm I'm uh, I'm looking forward to reading your book, Enrico. Oh, thank you very much. Do so. So, um, and this <clears throat> back to people then. So, of course, when let's say people get into corporates or businesses or startups, they evolve as an engineer or whatever. Uh, uh, then then you become manager. But then, how? What do you think? Because you you've seen this yourself, and you're you're mentoring others. I mean. Taking that step from, yeah, being a manager who has to deliver on those numbers and then becoming a leader. What, what What's the big, let's say, gap in terms of skills or, or capabilities there from a manager to leader, as you see it?
1: I think the, the, the big gap is, and I go back to what I already said, is to, have the confidence to tell to your team that you are accountable without boundaries, mm. um, because you, you mentioned the word gap, and it's funny because I think you know tra- your your job. If you want to transform a manager into a leader, you need to bridge that gap by quite literally, um, you know, building building a bridge i i like uh, metaphors and and images because i think people remember better so for me uh you know going from management to leadership is imagine crossing a big canyon you know with with the river at the bottom crocodiles and monster what whatever and um and what What companies very often do, they say, okay, you are from this side, you need to go that side, you know, here's a pick and an axe and just climb down this canyon, cross the river, go up and, you know, actually the numbers are staggering. All the statistics says that uh, about about, um, around 60% of people that start this journey from management to leadership, they fail they fail and they are replaced and they are or they are uh, you know uh, or they go back to do what they were doing before they don't succeed and and so your job as a leader is to build this bridge and every respectable bridge in my opinion has got pillars right uh, whatever bridge you got some pillar and to me the first thing you need to Teach your people to build a brand. And we talk about brand all the time these days, you know, and and, and a brand is important because people buy a brand, people follow brands, right? So if you don't have one, people will not follow you. And you help the person that is a manager to define his or her brand, right? Um, A leadership brand. And every leader is different. Uh, leader we know now are are made, not born, so helping people to develop their brand is is the first step to me yeah and then the the other thing is the second pillar is responsibility uh you need to make make sure that people take full responsibility of what they do accountability without boundaries mm-hmm. unless you can protect your team from pressure, they will never deliver. I've never seen a team under pressure deliver. There's, there's no way. Then I think the manager very often don't do, they don't take immediate action. You know, they, they wait for somebody to say, okay, go. So a leader needs to be ready to take action. So action is the third pillar. Um, fourth pillar to me is value, right? This bridge you need to. okay, what value do I bring together with my team? Looking at the number value is exactly what i mean you know especially if you're in a corporate world or any business you need to focus on the value and i remember when i was a manager and i became a leader responsible for number i had no education you know i'm a geologist by by yeah. by background so you know you're good with people become a leader we want you to deliver number i had no formal Business education, so to speak. So, as a leader, you need to take time to train your people to understand the p the balance sheet. I know it's boring stuff, maybe for for our listener here, but it's important in business to understand the number. Um, to help your people to understand the number. Uh, but isn't this still in the 21st so, century, Enrico?
0: You know, being a leader or sales, business development—it's like. Many times in corporates or businesses, you hear that, but you're good with people. So can't you do this? But there's no, not exactly. really any formal, let's say, the training or how to do this or the skill set. So that is yeah. so important to kind of convey to more. And and like you say, you, you get on. Yes, you need to build those pillars because what happens with these, whether you're a geologist or engineer or uh, finance. And then you start on this journey to go into something where you're supposed to take on a leadership role and you're out of your comfort zone and still people rely on you're going to f- fix this without exactly. getting kind of the tools and uh, training for it. You just have to do it.
1: Exactly. And that brings me to the last pillar, which is energy, because I think, you know, you said it, you're under pressure, uh, work-life balance. We talk a lot about that these days, but we Usually, don't give our leaders the tool to manage their energy properly. I I always say, you know, the, the, it's always this talk about time management, but I think energy management is more important. I just look at when you drive your car, right? You, you don't you don't look at how long you can drive the car. You manage your fuel tank, and when it's on empty, you need to refill it. Yeah. Uh, you know. Uh, a, a, a leader without energy is like a car with a, an empty tank. He's not going to go very far. No. So you know. So this this five pillar, if you if you put them together, is belief, responsibility, action, value, energy. They actually spell brave. And I think it's fitting because to be a leader it takes courage that you don't need to be to be a manager. So you need to, to help your manager to become leader. You need to build this bridge uh, with these five pillars. And it takes courage. So that's, that's, a, that's what my journey has been. And that's when I, when I have help other people. I've always talked about this bridge and, and this pillar. And it seems to work. It seems to resonate with people.
0: Yeah. I think it's a wonderful story. Wonderful um so be a brave uh become a brave leader as such and and get the right pillars and and uh of course uh f- mentoring to to get there of course it's it's not just i mean being a leader or a ceo or whatever i mean it it's fairly lonely but ensure to have let's say also uh, mentors around you i think that's very important and and um uh, Build that trust to the team. Oh, a lot of good goodies here. So um Enrico, what's um when you think forward now, what, what's next for you?
1: You know, I I have now a work that allows me to really focus on building result through teams. It's actually, mm-hmm. you know, the 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 company I work for their their motto is uh, connecting the front line to the bottom line, and I really love this, you know, because we we are all about people, uh, yeah. and we say you know take care of your people, bring their leadership skill up, and there's always happen, and and you know. It's success every time. It seems, it seems almost unnatural or, or, you know, what are you bragging about, uh, uh, Enrico? Well, it, to me, it's a fact. If your team is happy, if you give them a the tool to execute properly, if you, if you bridge that gap between management and leadership, success is but certain. There's, there's yeah. no doubt in my mind and, you know, the, the, um, I think this strong belief is what is going to always carry me forward, right? As long as I can work uh, with people, as long as I can show people how to win in their job, um, be successful, whatever success means to, to them. Then I will move forward.
0: Yeah. Okay. So let's run it off with, uh, I have one last question. And, and it's about, let's say, the workforce development and the team. Um. And what, just to share, I mean, any experience from your side with the young generation coming into business. Do you see any difference in their, let's say, uh, mentality and adoption, et cetera? Uh, how, how do you tackle them? Get them in, into this let's say journey also
1: i think I think with the younger generation, it's even more critical to be a good storyteller because I think that uh they they are more sophisticated than uh, than uh, more experienced people um, you know probably not probably. 50, 60, 90s, 2000. When I start my career, you know, if you wanted something done, you could just go to people, and say, "Do this," right? Uh, the the good old command and control uh, management style, you know, you can forget about this today. Yeah. People have choice, you know, and and COVID certainly has has even posed to everyone and say, well, you know. Um, there's not always the, the corporate world is not the only thing uh, I can start my own business if I have an internet connection and you know yes. I can invest a few hundred dollars quite quite literally right, for tools and stuff um, you know that you have a podcast and maybe it's not a business but you know that the startup cost is the, the the barrier of entry is very low. Everybody very can get low. an Instagram, mm-hmm. uh, TikTok this day, et cetera. So back to your question, you know, if you want to attract talent to your organization, well, your story better be a good one. You cannot just afford to say, hey, come here, we're going to make a lot of money and uh, our stock price is going to go up. It's not enough anymore. Why are you doing that? And, and the why, you know, Simon Sinek and... Steve Jobs, the, the why now has become way more important than it was before. And if you don't have a good story, you're not, you're not going to attract the good talent. I think that's the difference.
0: I think, thank you. Those are good ending words, Enrico. I have so much enjoyed having you on, on this
1: uh, podcast today. Oh, likewise. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Mika.